Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Jim Short. Jim, we're in another city now yet again. We are in Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. We just keep moving around the globe. We keep moving around the globe today, and today we have a special guest. Uh, we're here to do a show, and we've had this um, uh, wonderful person on before, uh, but we never had a chance to interview him sp- properly. So now we are here with uh, Edward Herta, who uh, did our shows uh, in, um, for he was, if people have been listening to the podcast, they remember him from Kate Fear, her episodes. Uh, and uh, we did our shows in Atlanta, and now he's here with us in Jacksonville to do another show with us. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Jim, and I like how, I like how you do your introductions of, you, you, you do the, like this dramatic pause, almost as dramatic as that, that pan in to Kermit on the rainbow. <laughs> <next video. laughs> you're like, and we're here with Edward Herta. And, and yeah. the, in like the Kate Fears, you're like, and we're here with Kate Lebring. Yeah. We have to put in the dramatic pause for the name so that people have the, you know, that they, they're just ready for it and yeah. then they receive it. It's like when, it's like when you're leaving your, your, your number on someone's voice message, you, you have to, you know, hold give them enough time to go get a pen. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, my number is 555. Five, five. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. you give it. Then you give you give them the dramatic space that they need to. Do you give your number twice? I love when people give it twice because it's like, I, you know, I don't want to have to stop and then play the message back. I always give it twice. Give it to me twice. I give yeah. it to them at the very end, finally. I go, and the number, my number again is, you know, this mm-hmm. and that. Because you never know when you're just calling someone's cell phone, too, you know. But normally, right. you kind of do know if it is a, you know, because you have that. Now it sort of is, because hopefully the number will show up. Yeah. But I have to say it so many times. Just, if it doesn't show up, it's my number is this. Yeah. And here it is again. And what I thought, I give it to me three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, you know, actually nobody calls anymore, so. Well, um, usually, I, I mean, I'm never really calling on a landline either. So people can see that it's you or they see that it's your number or yeah, see your usually. number on their phone. Usually mine's not blocked or anything. Maybe it should be, but mine's not blocked. But it creates that, that tension, that, that mystery when, mm-hmm. when you're announcing who it is. Yeah, who's it's it kind of be? like old school. It's like Paul Harvey. Yeah. It's oh, like I'm Margaret Cho and the rest of the story. I miss, I miss Paul Harvey. <laughs> Those were, he was good. Yeah, he was great. Mm-hmm. But he would leave you hanging. Oh, for about a week, you mm-hmm. could go off and do some shit and come back, and he'd finish it up. Yeah, and now we have Edward Herder. <laughs> Make a space. That was a great Paul Harvey impression. Yeah, well, as as much as I could. Yeah, it's a good thing. Have you? But you live in Florida. The, you came from Miami. You live in Miami part time. You came from Miami to Atlanta yesterday to come and jam with me, and then we came back today to Florida. But this is a different part of Florida. Yeah, now we're in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I've never been to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And Miami's the weirdest place, and the, on the planet, it's just weird. And you're there. Well, see, uh, Froggy's sort of everywhere, and Froggy is in reference to you have a uh, an album out. Um, where it, it's sort of is the 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 wondrous folly of Von Frog, but it's um, is it the album a character uh, that you play or so when you play are you Von Frog or are you Edward Herta? Um, Von Frog, because well, my nickname is Froggy, as you as you both know, and so Von Frog came out of that. That's a character of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like a heightened, you know, overly sensitive 
version of me when I st- when I was writing the album, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of where the title comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wondrous folly because you know it, it's it's a uh, you know, bad things happened that led to the album being created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a great name, One, wondrous folly. Yeah, wondrous great folly. Words. But it's Vaughn. Vaughn, like spelled V-A-U-G-H-N. Not Vaughn. I thought it was Vaughn. I thought it was like a sort of a... Like a Germanic, like, like a Germanic, but like sort of a, like Von Trapp. Right. Like very, Austrian. you know, uh, austere, very, you know, well-off frog. No, this, this frog. It's, Va- it's Vaughn frog. He's living in a trailer, like sipping whiskey type yeah, of frog. Yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> that makes more sense. Vaughn. Vaughn frog. But the album yeah. itself is very cheerful. And, uh, you know, there may be some dark themes but the uh, the sound of it is rather sunny, and rather, um, very, you know, very upbeat, very uh, like a lot of like just a lot of beautiful con- sort of country, sort, but also very alternative, but also very and uh, modern. It's a lot of different things happening. So it's 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 interesting that you say that dark things happen or bad things happen that led to yeah. the creation of Vaughn Frog because uh, and musically or sonically, Vaughn Frog to me is very optimistic. Or the character is optimistic, um, keeps going, you know, always looking, still looking. It's all good, you know. Um, it's joyful. So, do you still think of it as dark, or do you think of it as what do you think of as the transformative? Quality? Well, it's interesting you say transformative because in kind of like symbology and stuff, frogs represent uh, transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I just see it as like a you know a, a place in my in my life that. Um, there, there were like joyous times that came out of the darkness, mm-hmm. which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. You know that whole thing, like you know, from the darkness, there's light. Uh, but that's what the album is. I think it's like as yeah. you kind of the album is like the the music and also the um, the tone of it is that you come through some darkness and you know, and then I hear a lot of like Pioneer Town, which is a place that I really like. Um, um, it's it's kind of got that uh, Graham Parsons feeling, like a resurrection feeling, kind of too. Um, the desert, but also, you know, there's life there. Um, I don't know. What would you cat- categorize your music as? What do you think? Uh, well, it's interesting you mentioned Pioneer Town because that's where most of it was written mm-hmm. in like a little inn called the Pioneer Town Inn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was in the desert and I just let the silence kind of influence what would come out for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, I'm drawn to the genres of Southern storytelling type music. Yeah. So I think a lot of that's, you know, in the influence and then just, uh, you know, when I was writing, I just let things come out. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, it's got a Southern Gothic feel, American Gothic feel, but also not goth. Yeah. Not Gothic. Not, I mean, not, not goth, it's American Gothic, Southern Gothic, but not goth. Yeah. Um, cause there's like, uh, it, it's, it's major chords, it's sevenths, it's, um, so a lot of B's in there, a lot of B's and F's. You don't go so minor, you know? It's not so um, sad. No, no, no. There's only one song on it that's, um, that's a, that, that starts in a minor, in a minor mm-hmm. uh, chord or in a minor key. And the rest are pretty much majors. Um, you know, the idea, the whole album is a full story from start to finish. Yes. And then it ends on the idea of hope, you know, with the song Searching about yes. when you're going to meet the person or phone you know find that person who um you'll eventually connect with and be with yeah it's this beautiful song that i love it's really it's actually an interesting departure too because that song searching is quite new wave so it it almost has um a different 
kind of a chord progression than the more of a traditional kind of country themes that go running through it. Um, and then so you take, so Von Frog becomes a little bit new wave. All the instruments are not new wave. No, there's like a banjo in it and guitars. I think, and I think there's a saw even in it at oh, some parts. A yeah. saw, wow. Yeah. There are who, who plays that? Uh, my producer, Max. Uh-huh. And his name is Max Allen, good dude. And uh, he plays a bunch of instruments. And we were, we were, we were recording and, and he goes, you know what this needs? It needs a saw. Ah. And then he pulled out a violin case. <laughs> and then that's where he has his saws. And so he pulled it out, and then he played saw on, on a couple songs. That's a very different, tricky instrument to play, too. Have you the done saw. that? Have you played I a saw? I have not played a saw. Um, uh, Al's brother, and uh, he has a girlfriend who plays a saw. They both play the saw. Um, and uh, they, they, it just looks really mysterious and strange to me. I think it's more it's like a theremin. It's kind of intuitive. Mm-hmm. There's not really notes or anything. There's not really frets, or you just kind of know where it's going to what kind of sound it's going to make. Yeah, I mean, how do you... That's weird. I guess you would know, but how do you know if you play the saw well or not? I guess if it sounds really horrible, yeah, then you go, you can't play the saw. <laughs> but how, I mean, that's a weird thing, though. But it's it's interesting that he said, you know what this needs is a saw. And he he was planning on playing the saw anyway, right? Because he had his saws with him. He was probably, you know, keeping that in his back pocket. And then... Yeah, and you, then, don't, you don't bring the saw out yeah. up front. Yeah. Because you're going to go, yeah, I don't know. But you go, you know what this needs right now? A saw. Because that's going to flip people out. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even think, of, I wouldn't even know where to, who would have thought of that? How did that happen that people played the saw? Was it, were they just that hard up for instruments? I don't know. What is this, the somebody history went, of the saw? Oh, I bet you I can get a nice sound out of that. Yeah. Well, it's probably Maybe. like, the, you know, the spoons or like a washboard. The spoon? Well, like, that, well, but it, it is very much DIY. Like, yeah. let's just make music, especially, I mean, out of, you know, that kind of, that kind of culture of people that didn't have anything. Yeah. Washboard bass mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Playing a jug, like a blow, blowing a, a jug. A, XXX a jug. jug. <laughs> XX jug. Where are the, all the good jug players these days? I don't know. I don't know. In, where is, re- in rehab. Where is Jugaroo? <laughs> Jugaroo. The jug festival, you know? Well, I mean, it's a weird instrument also. I, I don't understand. Or you know what's another weird instrument is um, wine glasses. When they oh, people yeah. do the top, yeah, like that's a weird thing too. When they make like a xylophone mm-hmm. or vibraphone out of wine yeah. glasses, you know where you need to go is. Have you ever been to the Integratron? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I yeah, and yeah. Then, and then take so a sound bath. You get a sound bath. Have you ever heard of the Integratron? No. It's in. It's it's right around Pioneer Town, mm-hmm. Joshua Tree, and it's a big dome that apparently is just the most acoustically sound place on the planet. And the, the guy who built it was given the instructions or blueprints to build it by aliens, mm-hmm. is how the story goes. Right. And then what you do is you go in, you lie down in this beautiful, like, acoustic wooden dome, and this guy named Tron plays crystal bowls mm-hmm. that emit a frequency that apparently travels through water. And uh, because our bodies are made primarily of water, right. in essence... They call it a sound bath because the the vibe, the sound is traveling through your body. Yeah, okay. and it yeah it's supposed to be a healing thing. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those places that I, I, my husband and I we argue about going to. And <laughs> uh, like what that one of you is for and one of you is against. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're well we both take different sides each time. You know we've been a couple of times and I'm like I don't want to go there or we have to go there again. I don't want to go there. 
It, it switches, you know, it switches, but yeah, yeah. we're very familiar with it. How long, how long does it take? I don't think it takes very long. No, it's not that far, but it's this weird drive, you know, in Joshua Tree. Well, that whole area is full of really weird spiritual kind of like, it's a very hippie right. place to go to. It's very rock and roll. And it's like where, you know, Graham Parsons died there. Yeah. And so it's very, um, you know, it's sort of steeped in that kind of flying Burrito Brothers culture and mm-hmm. music. And then there's all this art, outsider art stuff. And Integraton is there. Um, what else do you see out there? God, a lot of meth heads out there, I think. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I go mostly Pioneer Town, Joshua Tree. Those are the two like main things. I go horseback riding when I'm out there a lot. Oh, that's nice. This, this little ranch called uh, Crazy Horse Ranch. Different Crazy Horse than the Crazy Horse one would might you know, think of when they think of Crazy Horse. Because like? there's also the Crazy Horse Strip Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking Neil Young Crazy Horse. Okay, see, we all... The Neil Young Crazy Horse Ranch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more got, like that. It's got pony rides and... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's like a... Um, it's an interesting place. It's not far from Los Angeles, but it's really far meant in sort of, sort of mental landscapes and right. art and ideas. And then there's like... Um, there, I bought guitars out there. They, I bought, there's this guy that makes guitars out of bedpans and uh, cigar boxes and Monopoly boards. And he's just a weird luthier, but they don't sound very good. But I bought a few of them uh, just to have around. Um, so I have one, one, a bedpan, like a four-string something. It's kind of like a banjo, but uh, it, it, the um, headstock and the, the neck are really splintery. And there's bullet holes in the bedpan. Mm. Who was who shooting at the... At who your bedpan? shooting pan. at someone that's just using a bedpan? I don't know, but that's... You know, pretty hardcore. <laughs> what, what What is it about that area, Joshua Tree? That it's, it's always been that that area, though, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I know even like you read books about Lorne Michaels right before SNL uh-huh. started in 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 seventy four or seventy five. Some story. We went to Joshua Tree and we just did acid for a while and took mushrooms and yeah, and thought about the show. Like, is that the place that's or is or did it start with Grand Parsons and those sort of? I or was it know. always like that? It's always been this place for artists to go and kind of. Mm-hmm. Is this is that where Jim Morrison went in in the in the all the Doors mythology was it or is it just was he just in the know. desert in general? I don't know. I don't I, know. I never, I never you know got into Doors mythology, but I think just the, the desert in general. That's a bit condescending. Didn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> I'm not. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. There, I, don't, I don't know very much about the Doors. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know very much about the Doors. Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Talk about the Doors. <laughs> Uh, I think there's the desert and like the silence and you know the, has there's this interesting thing that happens when you immerse yourself in silence you know yeah but it's that place specifically where people seem to go yeah, yeah. like it's just become like the the place to go and kind of do some hallucinogenic kind of shit and then, yeah totally and then maybe uh, just get away from everything and maybe because it's, yeah. it's it's just close enough to LA mm-hmm that that was the place to go. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just go out there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. That probably makes sense. There's also weird yeah. uh, vegetation, like the uh, cactus and stuff inside the national park, the Joshua Tree National Park, are really strange. Like the, the cactus the, the, the grows weird, and uh, I don't know, there's this stuff there, like it's like a moonscape. So it, it's not a lot of vegetation, so it looks very uh, otherworldly. I think people go out there for that too. And that's the only place that really those, they're called Joshua trees. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's the only place that they grow. So. They're only there, right? Yeah. And it's a, 
which is, you know, Palm Springs is only seven or eight miles, I think, from what someone told me, from Joshua Tree, Pioneertown area. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a 45-minute drive because they have that whole national forest. Right, right. Which is, you know, protected land. Yeah. there's And then, I don't know, when you go out there, like, to write a song, then um, when you're writing a song, do you hear the song before you start writing it or do you hear it when you actually sit down to when does what happens first what's the entry point it's always it's that sounded interest as an interesting way of putting it the yeah. entry point yeah uh it's always different and usually it's me fiddling around on my guitar mm-hmm. um i know like one song specifically i had uh my guitar was tuned differently and i was walking around outside and I started playing these chords, and it was—it wasn't even the chords as much. It was—it was the sound of my feet in the dust in the rocks mm. that um, that kind of influenced what the song started to kind of shape into. Mm-hmm. Um, it made this, you know, this nice rhythm, and uh, and and uh, so I just kind of let the song come out. Usually in my writing, yeah. I really don't think about it beforehand. Yeah. But usually I freestyle, and then there's like a line that I really like, and then that kind of drives what the song might be about. Right, right, right. And, and then that's one specific song I'm talking about. The first line was, uh, them was the days of wine and roses. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, I like that, I like that. And then the next line was, and those were the times of whiskey and rye. But it was really influenced just by the shuffle mm. in my in my feet on the dirt. So that's like the point of entry, is like the lis- listening to nature or listening to your environment and then hearing something there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. That's I, kind of, I, that's when I like to write the most. I don't like writing in rooms or, you know, I don't like to set aside time to write. Uh-huh. I just like to let things come out naturally. Right. That's yeah. best. I think so. I yeah. think so. It's probably not great if you're like, all right, we got to sit down and we got to write a hit song. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not my goal. Or aim, you know? Yeah, I don't know how I do it. I think what I do is actually more of a process of elimination. Like I go, okay, I sort of go over the melody in my mind and then I go, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's that. Yeah. You know, like it's like I go, no, it's not going to go, uh, it's going to go minor there. It's going to go minor, descending, descending, descending. And then it, it'll go, oh, 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 oh. And then I'll I'll hear it. Yeah. And then it'll happen. You usually have to be at the guitar to do it. Yeah. But it's more like I go, I see, I see. Or even even if I don't play piano well, but if I if I'm on a piano, I go, oh, okay, it's like this, it's descending. Then I just I think that's the right thing, and I don't know why it just seems <laughs> to make sense to me. But I write much simpler songs than you. Well, they're not. I mean, they're your they're just your songs, you know. Well, it's um, you know, I kind of think I my most um my thing about songwriting is that I gotta be done. <laughs> He's gonna wrap it up. As soon as I start, I have to be finished. Is it because <laughs> of the joy of creating, or you just like I just I just want it, I want to I want to hear it I want to hear it done yeah. or you just want to be over with it? I just both. It's like I have to I have to be done. I have to hear it, and then also the the thing is like it's got to I've got to stop doing this. Like it's a weird thing. Like as soon as I get in, I have to get out. And then what what is is interesting is that a lot of um, songwriting in general is a lot very simple. Like a lot of songs that I really like are really just uh, eight words and three or four chords, maybe the most. So it's a very, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like I, a lot of songs I know that they don't end up saying very much, 
but you assume mm. that they say a lot more because of maybe the history behind it or whatever you project onto the lyrics, I think. I think some of those those are some of the best songs. And, you know, I don't think your songs are necessarily that simple because, one, I think simplicity is great. Um, but, you know, I think they have... Uh, some of my favorite songs have uh, that you've written have a lot of meaning mm. to them, like the song Hey Big Dog mm -hmm. or the one that you just wrote about um, Rafe and um, mm -hmm. uh, Moby. Yeah, you yeah. Know, your dog and cat, mm -hmm. which when I heard that, it was like a, like a little tear started like dripping down, uh, my, down mm -hmm. my eye. Yeah. And it was just, it's a beautiful song that is filled with meaning, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to do anything that, you know, is like, and there's these literary references and mm -hmm. the philosophy references. It's a very simple, um, heartfelt song. And I, those yeah. are the most powerful, I think. Mm. Well, thank you. It's just, you know, to me, it's more like I just kind of like allow my childlike sensors, sensibility to write things. I like, I like sort of approach it as a child because I'm such a young songwriter. So it's like, oh, everything's kind of childlike. And I, I, I don't, uh, you know, know how to do certain things, but I, I, I'll just do it my way. And so it's fun that way. Yeah. You know, um, I would just, uh, I would love to get more advanced at it, you know. How do you come up with the ideas for your songs? Um, well, it's more like I, I think, oh, I better, I know what would be a good idea to write something. This is going to, oh, this will be a good song. And then the philosophy of it and the story of it behind it, like this will be like, you know, we were talking about in the airport, just like looking at people at the airport and having mm -hmm. their little individual stories, whatever that is, um, as a song, which would be like... Uh, uh, that that America song by um, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, you know, like that, which is such a beautiful song. Like people haven't written like a good travel song lately, so that would be a cool thing to work on. Yeah. Um, or uh, another uh, a good idea would be like I I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. Um, a heavy metal Lady Macbeth song. That's like a Lady Macbeth story, but it's from a heavy metal perspective or from like a Courtney Love's perspective, but it would be like Helter Skelter. Something that's Helter Skelter, but you would associate it with sort of a traditional sort of like really anti-heroine like Lady Macbeth or something. Um, so that would be cool. Uh, but it's that's almost too on the nose. That's almost like you were writing a movie about a rock star. Right. And <laughs> that yeah. would be their song. <laughs> so sometimes you have to go... We need a song the, right here. Yeah. About her. <laughs> it's got to be this. So you gotta be careful not to be too on the. That, that's why I have trouble writing that one because I'm like, that's too on the nose. It's too on. Something sometimes you things deconstruct are deconstructed. You got to deconstruct it and make something a little bit like, how can I reapproach this and make it real? Go to the mm -hmm. desert. Yeah. Get cut go, off. Go to just like Jim Morrison did. I'm bringing it back to Jim Morrison. Yeah. Go to the desert. Bring acid, mescaline, and mushrooms <laughs> with you. And leather pants. And leather pants. And that's and just walk around the desert with, in leather pants. <laughs> and have visions of Native Americans. Yeah. Did you ever, but did you ever do um, uh, hallucinogens in, in Pioneer Town? No. No, no. Because, I mean, I don't, um, I don't really partake in partying much yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I used to do a lot of, you know, mushrooms and acid and, mm -hmm. you know, all those fun, fun things. But um, I've never but, done it. But at in, home. In my bathroom, yeah, yeah it's like, you know, and I'd lock like, it. I don't need to go to the desert for this shit. Yeah, I stay here. Yeah, and I'm pretend I'm at the desert. I'm stare at the fire for three hours. <laughs> well, you probably have enough of the memory to draw from of like that kind of feeling of like transforming and uh, you know s surreal and hallucinations and stuff. You have, you have enough to, for, to draw from for anything. I think. Yeah, I think I think you know 
some people hold on to things. Some people kind of get rid of them. And I, I like to think that I hold on to a lot of the feelings and emotions that have kind of got me up to this point in life. Mm-hmm. You know, That's good. Which That's hopefully good. I can draw from them. Yeah, where, yeah. Where did the frog come from? How did they start calling you the frog? <laughs> it's, it's my nickname. And uh, I think uh, my parents used to tell me to play in traffic. So... What? No, I'm joking. Like Frogger? <laughs> like a Frogger. Like frogger. Um, my buddy who was on last podcast, Reza, uh, with, with Kate Fear, um, gave me the nickname years and years ago. Really? And I think it's because I'm tall and lanky and kind of have a certain kind of gait about me that uh, he started calling me the frog, the way I moved or sang mm-hmm. or played or <laughs> met women. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just a prince, you know, that no, uh-huh. that no one really knows yet. You know, no one's discovered the the charm inside. Well, well, that's what we're thinking. Who are the great frogs? Because we talked about Kermit. We, before this, we watched just a moment of the beginning of the Muppet movie. The, oh, it's the so first cute. Muppet movie. Which is what, about a five minute... Um, Comes all the zoom way, into zoom the down into the it takes swamp. forever. Yeah. Because in the 70s, you had the time to... It's like an Orson Welles mm-hmm. one long shot into... Yeah. Oh, there's Kermit with his banjo. Yeah. Well, people had more, yeah, they, they had attention spans in the 70s. They, yeah, they, I know, they, right. You know, they didn't have Twitter and Facebook. And, and that was for a, basically know. a children's movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, adults enjoyed it as well, but mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine a children's movie now that's like, it's like a, it's going to be a four minute pan <laughs> through the swamp yeah. and, and, eventually, and then you're just going to see him on the side yeah. playing his banjo. <laughs> you kids enjoy that now with you. With your no attention span, but Kurt, but we so we watch that Kermit. Kermit he's probably um, the number one frog. He's probably the number one frog. Um, there's a Frogger from the game Frogger. Frogger. There's um, mm-hmm. um, what other famous Froggy frog- went according, which Froggy, is that great yeah. folk song, and I think that's mm-hmm. what you tapped into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that's where that sort of that country element comes in as well because it's uh, went according. That's that kind of language Accordin- too. Yeah, according. Yeah. Because Froggy wanted to get some. He wanted to kick it right. I think so. And he was trying to get everything. Wasn't he trying to get other species as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very, it was a very uh, well, amorous amphib- frog. Amphib- am- amorous frog. Amphibious because he's like both above water and below water. So He's an ambiguous amphibious. Am- amph- oh. <laughs> he's, in- he's amphibious. <laughs> amphibious. <laughs> but then like what a- other frog... Uh, it's like he. Um, what other frog? There's. I feel like there's other historical frogs Mr. that. Toad, but that's oh. not. He's a, he's different a toad. Thing. He's a but toad. I'm going to put it in there because it's just sort of. What is the difference between a toad and a frog? Yeah. Uh, I think one looks a little nastier, and you can get sick from if you lick it, and the other one you can get high from if you lick it. I don't. Oh, I have I no. Don't know. But we don't know which one. No so oh, be, careful be careful out there. Yeah. What you go licking? Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's and that goes to you too, Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> You're still on the Michael Douglas kick, aren't you? I'll never get off that. <laughs> but then, w- then there's the um, frog prince with yeah. the kid yeah. that the kiss. Uh, isn't there another frog oh, somewhere? Um, what's his name? What's his name? You know, hello my hello my baby, hello my darling. Oh, the oh, Warner the, Brothers the, frog, the, the WB frog. Is it? Yeah, the, the frog that would sing. It's like, but only at the certain moments. Yeah. yeah. What was his name? It's like Elmer T. Frog, but it's not that, but it's something like oh, that. Oh, what was it? Yeah. Oh, if we have, if we had Wikipedia here right now, we would. It was that frog. And see, and we reached to a, f- and we reached to a phone. We are in the information or the technology information age. Yeah, we need we need to know is, is the WB frog though. That that's what 
I just remember that as. But there's are there other frogs in history that we. There, there should be. Mm. It, but um, anyway, it's it. Uh, frogs are romantic, and um, sentimental. <laughs> I think you know. Yeah. Transformative, um, you know, it sort of d- denote grandeur in a humble way. That's another part of it, um, and sort of temperamental maybe too. I got it. Michigan J Frog. Oh, Michigan J Frog. Michigan J Frog. That's interesting. I knew there was an initial. I knew it was a name with an initial, like a uh, uh, Michael C. Riley or John C. Riley. John C. Yeah. Riley. <laughs> you know, who also has a band. No, yeah, he, he has a band. Have you seen his band? Uh, no, no. I haven't. Uh, my friend is in his band. Um, Sebastian Steinberg is in his band. Um, I've not seen his band. I've not seen. Uh, uh, but Sebastian's also in Tim Robbins' band too. There's a bunch of people that like sort of play with different uh, people like that. Like Sebastian plays with Fiona Apple, and then plays with John C. Riley, and then plays with um, Tim Robbins, and then like they'll they'll I don't know. They're like um, sort of supergroup guys. These guys. He's also in Crowded House. Sebastian is. Oh, he is? Yeah. He's uh, one of the alt because it's Crowded House sort of is, uh, so in a way, they're a little bit of a pickup band because their members live all over the world and they're rarely together. So they just sort of pick up people wherever they are. They pick up a lot of people in LA. I like that. Yeah. Like John Bryan's kind of in Crowded House. Uh, Sebastian's in Crowded House. Um, you know who needs to be in Crowded House? You. I should be proud. I, I, think, well, yeah. uh, let's, I think I'm just going to say that you're part of Crowded House. Well, um, connected. It's a pickup band. It's a pickup band. Have yeah. You, have, you, have you been picked up to play with them? I've not been picked up to play with them. I've sh- I shared the stage with them numerous times, and I've been going to see them play uh, since like 1985 or something. <laughs> so oh, <wow. laughs> before they were Crowded House, before they were Split End, still. So, um, but uh, yeah, I should play with them. That would be a good. That would be a good pickup band. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love their. I love their. They are very complicated songwriters. That okay. that Neil Finn is very very complicated. As a songwriter, it's very uh, intricate. Uh, I don't know words and melodies that go into places that I'm like, how did you get there? What did you, what did you think? What, what are you gonna do like that? How are you gonna look? How are you gonna be like that in this song? Yeah. That's what I, what I think when I listen to the song. Like, where'd you get that? Right. You know, why'd you do that? Yeah. It's like, oh, so. I love hearing like like lyrics that, you know, things that I go, oh my god. I, I wish I had written that line. Mm-hmm. You know, not even like that song, but like sometimes you just hear like one line that just floors you, and then the entire song. It doesn't matter how like badly, you know, how bad the other lyrics are, but just mm-hmm. that one lyric that stuck out. You're like, okay, it's a yeah. great song. Yeah, because that one little thing. There's some, yeah. There's something, or like a guitar hook. Well, like I was going crazy for the guitar hook from um, "Coming Up," that uh, crazy Wings song. Mm-hmm. Coming up like a flower. And it's a hard song to play because they speed it up. They actually sped up the recording, um, and it's just super, super fast. Um, and then I, I, I sometimes think Wings is really, really special. They are special. <laughs> they are. Really I mean, they are a massive, massive, awesome band. Yeah, so different from the Beatles. Yeah. And um, all those guys' stuff, all their great. individual things, were completely different from the Beatles. Yeah. Which is, you know, one of my favorites is George Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a song that I like called Crackerbox Palace. Have you ever heard that song? I haven't heard that mm-hmm. song. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the video? Uh, you know who directed that video? It was one of... Eric uh, Idle. Yeah, I was going to say. Ah. It was one of the um, Monty Python. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And it and you watch the video and you go, okay, the, the, George Harrison did a lot of drugs. Yeah. It, that, that really, that's the... 
that's you know that's when you know yeah but there was also that real um very much a surreal streak to mm-hmm. him and he, he had a huge sense of humor as well yeah which is why he really connected with eric idle and the, some of those python guys at the same time it makes sense yeah but it's like um we uh we had sort of beatlesy week last week we went to visit um the dakota so we were up there we went to strawberry fields and we were up there and like um Walking around, and then we would get, we got to Central Central Park and to Strawberry Fields, and it was very sort of threatening. There was an air, there was an air of like chaos. There's something that there's a just a danger, a, sort of an anger. There's something going on psychically in that environment that I felt very uncomfortable. We were there just for a few minutes, and um, just weird. I don't know, but there's a you know the mosaic with all mm-hmm. the sort of um. Have you, you you know like it's like it says imagine on the on mm-hmm. the mosaic and then it was this sort of like like an apple and like glasses and little offerings for um, John Lennon, but there was just something about the the energy. And sometimes that happens in New York. There's like mm. an area where there's a bad energy and something's gonna kind of explode. Sometimes that happens in some places. Just you feel something like there's so many people around. Yeah. I think New York shifts a lot in that sense. I lived there for six years, seven years, something mm-hmm. like that. And one day you, you get up and everyone, the, the flow just seems to be working in everyone's favor, right? The subways are on time and easy to catch a cab and it's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And then some days it's like there's chaos throughout the city. Yeah. You know, there's one, that's, that's something that, that you can feel the moment your feet hit the ground in New York is, is the energy of the city. Yeah. And I don't know what influences it, like, but it's something affects everyone's vibe. Mm-hmm. It's chaos. Yeah, it is. It feels like chaos and it feels dangerous and it feels really like what is, what's going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like what's going to happen? Like this is scary. And especially that day at, uh, at uh, Strawberry Fields there where it was so weird. But I think that's that, that you figure that's the energy John Lennon had to live with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, poor, poor guy. You're famous, and you're going to deal with. But that's what that, I think. That's part of what trapped those guys is like that fucking annoyance mm-hmm. of that level of people that want to just be around that their energy. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it was just such a weird mixture of strangeness and and foreboding and, and horribleness that we were there around. Yeah. And it's it's weird too when you go when you go over to the building and you stand kind of near the steps where he was shot and, mm-hmm. and died. Yeah. It's got a it's got that energy around it in the whole that sort of area. But yeah, Strawberry Fields it was not it wasn't like oh it's so lovely and peaceful. It's like fucking let's get away from here. Yeah, there was just something yeah scary about it something negative about it and i couldn't really put my finger on it i just wanted to get out of there which is really weird you know because we walked all the way up there and it was a really nice day and it was nice to see the dakota yeah and uh cool to be up there but it was just such a i don't know i get scared people want to buy into rock and roll and well it wasn't just like it wasn't just like tourists enjoying like the community idea of like oh john lennon in peace and this and that it was sort of hustlers and and people conducting tours that weren't really proper to you know it's yeah. like somebody opportunistic opportunistic opportunity what am i saying opportunistic opportunistically 
sort of like, oh, you're here. I'm going to tell you now about this area. Like, well, we didn't, we're not here for a tour. And the guy was yeah. loud. And there were people who lived in the park that were kind of yelling and screaming. And then you just, and people trying to sell you shit. There, and it was just like, this is not a good vibe. Were there people selling like glasses and the John Lennon New York shirt around the area? There were yeah. some people selling stuff. And, yeah. and But it's just it just seemed like everybody was there. There was a, for all the people that are there for the right reasons, there was a counter of people there for the wrong reasons, uh, uh, like ruining it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's something that, uh, uh, there's a mental illness supposedly. I don't, I don't know if this is uh, the right way to put it, but there's a mental illness where your voice is louder than other people's. Oh yeah. There's like, that's one of the symptoms of a certain kind of mental illness. And, um, and I know that, I feel that sometimes when you hear somebody sometimes in the street, they're talking really loud and you're like, that person's crazy. And you just <laughs> know that they are, but you don't know why you think they are because they're not saying anything particularly crazy, but they talk so loud yeah. that, oh, they must be crazy. That's it's just a we. That's what I've I've read about. Oh, it. That, really? That's actually a symptom. I of, didn't know that that was a mental illness. Yeah, I have I have a friend who's like that. In our entire life, we're mm. we're always like Brian. His name is Brian, and you know he just speaks so loud. I mean, it's it's on a different level than everyone else. Even mm-hmm. when we're just sitting down having a normal conversation between two people, <laughs> it, it's like he's he's <laughs> screaming at a Springsteen show. Yeah, you know. And yeah. you can hear him over everything, right? You can hear him over like a tractor that's like <laughs> next to you, backing isn't that, up. Isn't that weird when you're yeah. out somewhere or at a restaurant or something and somebody's so loud, you're like, holy shit, why are you so loud? Yeah. What are you going to be so loud? And, but now maybe they can't help it. Yeah, they can't illness. help it. It's a, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a mental illness thing, but it's like such a weird thing. The other men- mental illness thing is when people talk too softly. Oh, I thought, I that thought really it was okay. The so- the, Apparently the that soft gets you as well. Well, that kind of bothers me too. Like, especially if they have a really, um, uh, a very, very exotic name, and then they say it really <laughs> quietly, and then you never catch it for five years. My name is Carla. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Carla. Like, I have no idea. Okay. It's like the weirdest thing when somebody has like a name that's like really exotic, and then they don't, they, they have a quiet voice too. That's mental illness also. <laughs> do you, I, you know, do you think, do people, I think it's, you know, interesting that some sometimes there are people who get offended when you don't remember or pronounce their name correctly uh-huh. if they have an exotic name, and you're like, "But it's yeah, how do I? Sh- yeah, it's not, not normal. It's not you know, yeah, like Edward, Margaret, Jim, pretty you know, easy things to just kind of come off the tongue. But yeah, you know, when, when people do get offended when they have really weird names, they have weird names and you don't remember or or, yeah. or can pronounce it properly. Yeah, you know? it's really funny. That's really funny. I'm sorry, I. You know? That's it's, it's yeah, but they can't be offended. You can't be offended if you have a weird name, and we don't pronounce it correctly. No, can't be mad. You just gotta roll with it. You just have to roll with it, or just answer to a different name. Yeah, yeah. Get a nickname. Yeah. Shorten it down to something that's easy to to handle. To remember, yeah. or just get used to the fact that people know that you got a yeah. ridiculous name. Yeah. yeah, I had a I, I have a friend named Ton, and spelled T H A N, and so the the name that he gives people when he goes to get like coffee and asks for your name is just Tom. Because he, he's he's realized that no one's ever gonna get Ton right. Oh, especially oh, in that situation yeah. where when you you know it's somebody working is like, I'm not gonna make them do this extra bit of yeah, business here. Yeah, just make it Tom. I'm Tom. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like God damn just, it, just Tom. It's, it's Ton. Yeah, get it right. Yeah. No, just get Tom. my order right and don't. <laughs> <worry about it. laughs> 
Well, what we're going to do here, um, we're going to uh, rehearse. Froggy and I are going to do some songs tonight and then um, get snatches of us rehearsing. My, my new song, we're going to premiere a new song, which I think we should just do last. But um, it's going to be fun. And then so where can people tweet you? And get your album, which is great. People have to get this album. This is Edward Edward Herda. Uh, last name spelled H E R D A. And uh, if you put it in Google, you know this little thing. I don't know if you guys have, have heard of. Um, it helps you find things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I pop up, and you can see like reviews of the album. And you did you buy the the, the domain domain uh, dom, domain of Von Frog? Uh, I do own the domain of like Von Frog in many different like spelling iterations, oh, uh-huh. but like my site is just edwardherda.com mm-hmm. because it's just simple. If they yeah. do a search for either or, they'll get you. Mm-hmm. That's I'm cool. The, I'm the only person who has V-A-U-G-H-N-F-R-O-G-G. Like if you just did a search for that, you will only find things related to Von Frog. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. It's it, It's an interesting thing that... Um, when the album came out, there were a lot of people who started putting it on um, free download sites, and you know the you know the, the copyright infringement types, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm okay with people listening to to the to the music and getting it for free, even um, on my site. Like you could pay whatever you want for it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're in that sort of time when not a whole lot of people have money, and especially with like a new artist. You know, do they invest in this guy? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's free, you know, but with that, it's all over like all these free download sites too, which, mm-hmm. is, which is kind of funny and interesting. Well, they can hear it though. You, they can hear it on your site. They can buy it. They can come see you perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, you can find out about everything on your website and also on your Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. 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 If they visit me, uh, Twittering, it's, it's probably like me replying to one of Margaret's tweets about something or other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where I'm going to put my handle as as that the little description. You know, Edward Herta tweets of Margaret Cho. <laughs> We're just tweeting. Well, uh, that's all it is. It's like I just tweet. I, I'm re- usually re- retweeting something he said and then um, laughing about it. <laughs> I wouldn't get any tweets at all if, if Margaret didn't retweet me. <laughs> I'm just she's, laughing she's about it. She's been my savior on, on Twitter. We have a good time on Twitter. You have good it's, tweets. It's good too. when we have, have some funny tweets. jokes. Out oh, there, you know? such funny jokes. You have some good such bits great, on Twitter. Great jokes. And I, and I point to Jim right now when I say that. He's very yeah. funny. Yeah. But it's it's like, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, there's lots of funny things, but uh, you, so they can tweet you there. They can, they can look, find uh, show dates. Uh, you're going to do some shows in Seattle, um, Northwest, doing uh, the Chocho Festival, doing um, lots of different things. So people, and the album's out now. Yeah. What's the album again? The, the Wondrous Folly of One Frog. People should get it. It's, it, it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, thank you. I love it. And you can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you, Jim? At Jimmy Shelter. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud.com. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can, um, you know, we're around. Uh, if you want to be a guest, you can tweet us at Mar- Monsters of Talk. We still haven't done that yet to have a guest on. Um, to I, to I have a, have a listener be a guest. We're going to have a listener on. As a guest, which will be really cool. We have a star listener That's that we, we really like. His name is Bob, so we're going to have him. <laughs> really? He really makes us laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's funny. And he's, he, and he's thrilled. Where's he from? We believe he's in he Washington, D.C. He lives up DC? in uh, the Baltimore, I think. Yeah. So are you so. going to go to Baltimore or is he going to have Well, him we have to do a show date there anyway mm. in November, so we'll see him then. Somewhere up in, in D.C. or something It's going like to be that. good. Yes. But uh, we love our listeners and uh, we will talk to you next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you.